Hello everyone, this is Nelson with The Daily Practice, where we interview individuals cultivating meaning and purpose in their lives with the use of a daily practice. Today's guest is Andrew Parr, ex-pro golfer and stroke survivor. I hope you enjoy. From playing professional golf for eight years and then, you know, a highly competitive amateur level for probably another six or seven years, um when you're doing something, any sort of practice consistently, you end up experiencing so many different sides of yourself, especially growing up at, as sort of a, a teenager, then a young man, and then, you know, a man. So um, for me, golf was golf was the vehicle in which I experienced life. And it took me everywhere, like literally all around the world to do that. Um, but I think initially, it was fueled from from really a heartbreak, uh, losing my father at the age of 12. And that was something that we loved to do together to um, to him passing and then feeling like I really had to honor him. And this is a you know, this is a story of a 12 year old. Right. So mm-hmm. um, going through through the ranks and really. Uh, having so much more energy than anyone else uh, to to really be disciplined to this sort of vision um, ended up, you know, ended up being able to sustain enough to be, you know, say one of the best amateurs in the world. And then you go into the professional ranks. And uh, that's when I had a stroke and I had a, a blood clot that went through my, uh, through my atrium and my heart or one atrium to the other and uh, had a stroke right side paralysis. And so in that moment when you've only used your body and your body's been your vehicle and then to suddenly lose basically half of it in a split second, life changes, right? You, I instantly, um, I instantly started to be able to observe another side of myself that was out, outside of that say identification of you know being a great golfer or wanting to be a great golfer and so life opened up after that and obviously uh, you know in the rehab process um from feeling like i was now embodying someone else's body something i was really unfamiliar with and then literally you know relearning how to type uh, my speech was also blocked a bit and uh, and then obviously like any sort of fine motor skills on my right side, plus like really, um, yeah, major motor skills on my right side. So it was a process in which I became instantly curious on how to develop as a human being uh, in all sides. And then that also took me into this sort of meta meta world of, you know, what is this all about? And, you know, what am I doing here and what do I want to do? So um after that you know played that was the first year of my professional career after that played for another seven years and played you know played on every major tour in the world and um basically hit a point where i um, just didn't love it as much to be honest it was one of those just like you know kids you grow at grow out of toys and um you know, you change schools and change 
change friends and all these sorts of things. That's sort of how I can describe it. It was just a different time in my life and I wanted to do other things and had always been super interested in uh, in human development from my own standpoint of how do I, you know, learn a skill? How do I perform? How do I, you know, how do I become resilient? Um, and also going into, say, a background of how can I feel more? How can I express myself more? And how can I be more compassionate for other people? How can I be more compassionate for myself? So um, that took me along, you know, being, yeah, studying with various teachers and sort of the experimenting with truths that sort of part of it comes from what I realized is that there's just multiple truths. It just depends what context they're in. Um, and, and so realizing that I've, I'm, I feel like I'm a fringe dweller in a way that I like to spend time with many different types of communities. I can be in the tech space. I can be in the golf space. I can be in fashion. I can be in, uh, global affairs. Um, I can be on a farm. I can, you know, I, I enjoy all these different aspects of life and there's so much in these things that can, that I learn from. So, uh, yeah, just realizing that there's truth in, in all of them and, you know, how can I use all this information to help myself and also help, you know, the people I'm working with or my community. Right on. Yeah. Um, thinking about, when you said you went from seven years of playing as a pro and then you kind of made this switch over, was there during those seven years, were you finding yourself going into other disciplines or looking at other things? Because I can imagine as a pro, a lot of your time would be spent on golf and crafting yeah. that. And there wouldn't be a lot of time for kind of going outside the realm of, of your specialty. So was yeah. there, was that, you know, was that occurring? Was there, was it being introduced slowly or was it seven years? Okay, I'm out. Now I'm going to pursue all these other things that I've had interested in this time. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a slow progression. You know, you don't really know what's outside um, until you take yourself out. And, um, you know, I had one, I was always curious, right? So I was always consulting with, some of the best coaches inside the sport uh, and they're, and they're there for a reason. They're amazing. And at the same time, I was curious on what was going out, going on outside. So I guess I got introduced to say Ido Portal, you know, I don't know, it was probably seven, seven years ago. He was making like YouTube videos at his gym in Israel, just like how to, how to squat and walk differently, all these different animals he was walking like. So it, that was sort of an introduction for me. And then I had a trainer that was comes from a bit of a uh, mixed martial art background. So I there were some components of that type of training. Um, and then it was one of those things. It was, I don't know, man. I, I realized that when I was on the road, actually, and traveling and uh, maybe more so in Europe because this culture exists, but I would want to go dance. 
um, and I would go dance almost as a cathartic experience so I could express myself. I could move the energy that was going on. You know, golf is so focused and so precise. And so you, you're like, you're trying to move in a way that maximizes this like consistency and precision. And I felt like I needed the opposite of that. So I just got into, you know, literally going to say like, um, like outdoor club in Italy, for example, and just like dancing uh, and loving it. So it was interesting when I stopped playing, I, I had some friends in San Francisco that um, were kind of in that world. They, they had a dance background and just sort of asked them, you know, who are your teachers? Who are your favorite people? Started going to some classes in San Francisco, like really just like, let's go for it. Um, and got immersed in it and taken away and, you know, you meet certain people and um, just share what you're curious and then there another door opens. And so that's sort of the process in which I learned how to really create a different reality is just by really sharing what it is you want to create or the things that you're interested in. And then people have like the keys to the door. Um, and that's, that's what happened for me. Yeah. So it sounds like you just, the exposure to these different elements kind of were were pulling you towards it ultimately to be like, hey, you're you're this multifaceted person, and and there's more to than just golf for you. Um, so, but I can imagine the transition must be difficult just in terms of the comp the competitive piece mm -hmm. to playing on that level, right? Like, there's that's something that I struggle finding within uh, my my daily practice it's like how do I there's not a level it's com competing with myself every day to be better than my previous self you know the yeah. day before but there's uh, when you're missing I'm used to playing like competitive sports growing up basketball football soccer so mm -hmm. when you don't have that piece like I find myself really craving it in some ways and, and I've noticed a lot of the I know you're into like fighting monkey and a few different approaches to movement and practice. And a lot of those don't really emphasize the competitive piece um, or really talk about it much. So I'm curious how that, if, if that's something you have dealt with or you don't really <laughs> even care about anymore, you know, like, do you even care about yeah. it anymore? Is it something? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I certainly, the thing I miss the most about it is just the, the intensity in which you need to be at your best every single day and, the, and what goes into prepping for that as well as being in that zone. Like everything you do is to create this type of zone that you can perform at your best. And so I miss that element. Um, and I also don't because... <laughs> there it's it can con consume you in a way that also isn't healthy because what one thing i ended up um you know foregoing or say like relationships in my life that are actually really important and and being a human being and being compassionate for other people so i miss the competitive nature of having to be my best what happens when you have to do that um all the time in, in a performance atmosphere everything sort of doesn't become important. And so that's when I, 
I saw sort of this deterioration in these other elements of my life. Um, now, I also think there's something, you know, in developmental stages of humans is that, you know, you sort of get to learn about yourself. You develop this sense of self and then, um, and that either continues or you break off into some sort of collaborative, collaborative effort. And that's sort of the, that what drives me now is like, you know, just realizing how connected we all are and how, how can we actually be of service to one another and help each other grow. And even if that means, you know, questioning what we're doing, it's not, uh, it can be as much as, as of that as well. So that's, yeah, that's what my, the transition was like, and this is still something I go through. Like I, I still see, you know, um, some of my friends play on the PJ tour, for example, and I see them doing really well or playing a, a beautiful golf course somewhere. And there's a part of me that feels like, oh man, like I wish I was doing that. And at the same time, just knowing that it's a, it's an all or nothing thing and knowing that I don't want to spend my life doing that is also very clear to me. Dude, that's, uh, it's so beautiful to hear that when someone knows full well that they're like done with a certain aspect of something in their life. And I like how you said how you're able to question it. Um, is that part of like, let's let's kind of jump into how you even prepare yourself now or how you did in the past and how maybe that changed over time or maybe even things that were consistent even then and now what you did daily to kind of prepare yourself for the mindset of competing or the mindset of collaborating now? Um, what are maybe some principles that you've used every day? Um, maybe some you've gotten rid of and some you've added on, but kind of what, is that, what does that look like now every day? Yeah, there's some consistent principles that, um, have, that exist for prep, you know, preparatory or preparing for competition and ones that I still use every day. So, um, one is, one is meditation and that, that can literally, it's for me, literally just observing my breath and my body. Um, and I've done everything from say like one minute to hour or more at a time. And so, um, the goal, maybe not the goal in that, but just is just to observe where I'm at, see where the tension is and see if I can just, it's just a listening mechanism. How can I just be a little more in touch with how I'm feeling at the time? And how can I say, move some energy in the, in a competition, you know, say like your career, for example, can be on the line in a way that uh, is, is very real. Um, so what happens when you need to play the best round of your, your life and you feel really nervous? Um, so really being at peace with those emotions, is actually not to, to fight them, but just, Hey man, they're real. They're allowed to be here. Now, what, what do I really need to focus on? So using meditation as listening, and then also as a refocusing tool. So I think that's the benefit of that. The, the next one would just be a body warm up. How can I, um, how can I actually start to warm up different parts of my body? And um, those routines have looked different over the years, but um, essentially, you know, touching every piece of my body 
uh, and moving it in as many ways as possible. When I was playing golf, it was it was mostly like how do I like activate the posterior chain, which um, you know you you load off your your dominant leg so hard for so long, and so it was really you know trying to fine tune that. Now I don't do that. I hardly do that. So um, you know now it's more into how does my body want to move. Uh, and sometimes, and most of the time, it's actually out of a form. There's many forms, but you know, how can I just be a little more curious, curious about it? Okay, so you have some sort of stillness practice. Um, the breathing part is that. Do you do that while, like, do you find a really quiet space? Does it? Can it be while you're walking down the street? Are there any like requirements you give yourself, or do you just give yourself some freedom around it? Um, so I for sure have a stillness practice, like it's in a space, it's kind of controlled, meaning like it's in my room <laughs> or, you know, or in my kitchen, that sort of thing. And then throughout the day, yeah, I've, I'm always checking in, in on it. I don't know if it's neurotic or not, but, uh, yeah, just under trying to listen to where I'm at. And, um, I guess ultimately I just try to find some ease in the breath. How can this be easier for me? Um, so also when I'm moving and say, I was just at dance class today, it's like, you can fight yourself and not breathe, but what happens when you start using the breath, it, uh, it typically, you can use, use it to help you as well. So that's my interest in it. It's like, it's almost playful. It's, uh, yeah. How can this be, be easier? I've been so addicted to struggle for so long. I'm like, I'm right now just <laughs> like, just trying to find the ease in life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I can do just, um, trying to find stillness is such a difficult thing for me. Um, like talk about ease, like there's no ease in any of that. It seems like such an easy thing. And you keep told when well, I mean, we were told like, Hey, there's meditation is a good thing. Mindfulness is a good thing, but damn, is it hard? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I, I, I hear you. I hear you. Um, Dude, so going off of yeah, kind of going off of that, um, I want to talk about how we got connected through Carl, um, and how he kind of turned me on to you and introduced what I'm doing to you, and and you reached out to me about this event you're doing out in Hawaii, um, and it seems like there's some elements here at play: uh, stillfulness, um, the mindfulness stuff, uh, movement. Um, can you tell me more about that? Kind of tell someone who'd be interested in that, what that looks like, what that's about, how that is using, um, these elements at play and, and yeah. Yeah, sure, man. I mean, uh, yeah, met, met Carl, you know, sort of just seeing him around the gym at SF CrossFit. I was training there a little bit, um, say the last year that I lived there and, love what that guy is doing he's uh, love how vulnerable he is and um i think he's such a an awesome leader in in this space of say like strength and conditioning for lack of a better word i know he he does so much more mm-hmm. than that um but he's also seen people go to him to like learn how to do things that require a ton of coordination and a ton of skill and a ton of strength so um yeah i reached out to him and uh just sharing what i'm up to he was like hey man 
um, definitely talk to this guy, Nelson. And it's, it's amazing that the world's a beautiful place, you know, an Instagram message. And, you know, I, I found like we had a, a really great talk. Um, you know, I think it was like a week or two ago and, and here we are now. So it's, uh, I think this is the most beautiful thing about the world. It's, uh, you know, the transfer of energy can be so quick and, um, mm -hmm. you can connect with people that you really resonate with so quick now. It's so beautiful. Um, and and that's really what, uh, you know, I think what we're seeing is that, you know, we can connect online and that's and that's something that's beautiful. And what happens when we're in person? And I think this is one reason why we uh, I certainly get a lot of benefit from working directly with a teacher in physical presence. Um, there's this like transmission of energy or trans and transmission of knowledge that I think is passed down. Uh, only through physical interaction and so really wanted to create a physical space for people to be able to expand uh expand what they thought was possible in their body and so um and then also expand what they thought was possible in their mind and so a lot some of these elements come together with yosef uh, Frusek's uh, practice fighting monkey practice and for anyone who's ever taken it um, I'm, it's one of the most diverse practices it incorporates dance, uh, play fighting and, and grappling in with the goal of learning, you know, your patterns and how to move differently. Uh, a lot of creative, uh, outlets like sculpture, um, space movements, aspects in space. So there's these, all these different elements. Uh, that you get in one of his classes that I haven't experienced in any any other class. Most teachers usually teach one or two things just because that, you know, they're so good at those things and everyone wants to learn from it. So it's sort of this demand supply thing, but he brings this element of play, exhaustion, intensity, uh, restfulness, all these different elements that, in my experience, uh, sort of encapsulate a spectrum of what it's like to be human. And so I, I love just that. It's like we're so much more than just like I'm more than just a guy. I'm more than a, a Canadian. I'm more than a human. Um, there's so much complexity to who we are and how can we discover this complexity? And when we do, what happens to our world? How does that change how we communicate with other people? How does that change how we show up in the world? So these are the, the questions I, I ask myself and um, looking to bring different elements together. What? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, well, I mean, I'm right on with you about the whole amazing time we live in where we can connect like this. And it was just so cool that we can have that. Someone would be like, hey, look, I think you think this person would be cool. Go check them out and like just message someone instantly and then create a collect. I mean, it's like we literally have our resumes on these platforms. It's like you can use it and say, hey, look, this is who I am. This is what I do. Um, and I think that's, I mean, <laughs> it's amazing that we can connect here and then kind of have this conversation a couple weeks later. And then even being able to have this 
uh, commonality around just wanting to understand who we are and the complexities of ourselves and this kind of be a common grounding between uh, the disciplines, like this general idea of the whole thing and then being like, well, I'm into this thing. Are you into it? You're into it too? Cool. Like, let's <laughs> let's have a talk about it, you know? And, and it's and it really, that's, I think, the thing that attracted to me to, like, the work of Ido Portal mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. this world is is the this general approach into really inquiring about who you are and what you're made of and, and uh, who are you outside of just like a general phys- a fitness um, area or fi- fitness realm, you know, like who are you outside mm-hmm. of your numbers and stuff? What can you really do with your body? And then you do live in this thing. How do you use it? So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then how can we use it to serve some greater purpose? Um, I think that's ultimately what I've taken from it. And what I see you doing with it and the people that intrigue me the most are really using this and Carl too. It's like they're, they're using their platforms and they're using this physicality to serve something larger than themselves and help people tap into that uh, mental or spiritual body, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. It's not just the physical. It's like this, it's a a bridge really to everything else. Um, Yeah. So I think it's, um that's why I, you know i love speaking with someone like you where we can kind of highlight this and bring this out and, and let other people know like this exists there's people who are using this for more than just the physical nature of it but the physical nature is still important and it's still something we enjoy and we understand its importance in our day-to-day so yeah dude thank you so much uh for getting on call with me i really appreciate this like i just really wanted to get you out there and if there's anything else like where else can someone find you what's what's the best place for someone to to hear from you i know you have your podcast um you're thinking of starting it up like what what's you know instagram how can someone follow you how can they learn more about the hawaii experience how can they sign up for it um yeah so hawaii we're pretty much sold out we have i think one or two spots left um I don't know when you're putting this thing out, but it happens in, you know, November 2nd. So, <laughs> yeah. So if, if uh, people like jumping on a, a plane and hanging out on a permaculture farm with some uh, people that are down to move together, uh, then the best way would be to um, go on my website and send me an email through there at Andrew par.com or instagram andrew par a-n-d-r-e-w-p-a-r-r um yeah i checked those things um yeah I, I don't know man i'm still trying to figure it out i i struggle between you know how do i show myself <laughs> and and the things that are important also how do i have some privacy and how important is privacy to me and you know what things do i put out it's uh i'm i'm uh I wouldn't say I'm lost in it, but these are questions I I have and am not always the best at um, being up to date. I try to focus the majority of my time with uh, the people that are present in my life, whether those people I'm working with or or community where I'm at. Um, yeah, so uh, if you want to get a hold of me, those are the best ways. And if anyone has any inspiration, including you, Nelson, how I can... Uh, you know, what things people are interested in knowing about. Um, I think that that's also helpful. 
Well, I think well, I think your site is fantastic. The thing I love the most, which I think everyone should go check out your site at andrewparr.com, uh, to check out your If I Die page. So if you go to andrewparr.com slash if I die, and I'll put that in the notes, um, you will see, I think, just one of the best uses of the internet and a page in general of just, you've basically laid out if you died today, which you're kind of your ask to the world and how you would like to leave your legacy and your mark and the things that you love and you did. And, and I think it's just a, I've, I've seen the, the now page from Derek Sivers. And then Mm -hmm. I think you adopted that. And I've seen a few people do that. And I thought that was awesome too. Um, But this one is just like on the other end of things. And I have never seen that done before. And I think it's probably the coolest page I've seen on the internet. So um, uh, and I see a lot of websites, so I think this one just has so much, and it really makes you think personally about your own mortality, which is, um, I just there's not much better than than doing that to really get you up and moving and and getting some shit done. So, um, yeah, I think I you know I I know understand the struggle of wanting to share, but then also wanting to be private. I I tend to try and. Uh, buck that right now but i find it very hard some days i'm like uh i put my face on the internet for far too long and so i get it man um but i'll definitely include links to all of your stuff and i'll be putting this out real soon so someone can take up those last two spots hopefully (laughs) all right man i appreciate it thank you for taking the time to hear my interview with andrew parr i hope you enjoyed you can find more episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and SoundCloud at The Daily Practice.